3: I like to remind people in New England, 2014, it was put Jimmy Garoppolo in, get Tom Brady out. Mm. It's over. 2022, he just retired, and everyone's sitting there like he threw 50-something passes, almost 60 passes in his last game. He could really play. So I wouldn't go too hard off of what the people in New England are saying. What I'll say about Mac is the combine is sponsored by Noble this year. Mac is Noble. Mm. They know the future is Mac Jones. What are you shrugging at, Mac? you didn't like that?
4: Because I thought that was the weirdest part of his multifaceted argument that he made in favor of Mac Jones, who may or may not be his teammate at this point while he's on yeah, Good for, Morning Football.
5: For multiple reasons. McCourty Devin may not McCourty be back and, and Mac may not be back.
4: Well, I think more of the former than the latter. I'm just saying could be
5: could be a few but different the, reasons.
4: no into it, I just went. That's kind of weird.
1: Mac was is really built for it tough, you guys.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it sounded like that, right? Like, hey, we got to we got to jam this
5: sponsorship in here. It was a weird product placement. That's true. Uh, Mac eats fresh every day.
1: <laughs> what was
5: what was the uh, the Arrested Development? We're making a we're making another episode of Scandal Makers here at Burger King.
1: It's a wonderful
5: restaurant. <laughs> you know, I hear he brings people together on the joys of food. So, you know, look, that was McCourty earlier today on Good Morning Football with his brother, Jason McCourty. Peter Schrager was asking questions about Mac Jones. And his mm-hmm. future I know the going future on. is Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, the future is Peter Mac Jones. Peter Schrager
4: was being an instigator.
5: He, uh, he was being a little bit of an instigator. And I found a lot of interesting takeaways in what McCourty had to say. The Noble thing has jumped out to me, though, quite a bit. I watched that first episode of Building the Patriots. I was planning on doing some of that today, but the McCourty stuff just, just overtook it. It's it much better. better. It's much more. In- oh, it's, it's much more interesting.
4: Oh, my God. That Can we talk real quick about that YouTube series that they're putting out?
5: Yes. Well, Is just it- that that thing has noble ads in it every two seconds. And it's another reason why when Tom Curran keeps saying on multiple interviews that you got to step over Robert Kraft's dead body to trade Mac Jones, that's probably why he doesn't just like him as a quarterback. They're financially in bed with Mac Jones, like they need Mac Jones to succeed because Noble is everywhere at Gillette.
4: How much money do you think Noble is actually investing? I have
5: no idea. They're they're apparently they're the sponsor of the combine. They're sponsoring startup out
4: of Boston. Well, I don't know. They're
5: they're sponsoring the combine, according to McCordy. Is that hey. true? I have no idea if that's true. That's what he said. I think
4: so. Yeah. Okay.
5: Well, then they got some money to throw. Do around. they
4: have any other prominent athletes? Because I remember when Mac Jones signed this like a, a year ago, and it, or or it was over a year ago, it was a year and a half ago or something, and it was all like CrossFit athletes. And then it was Mac Jones was like the jump into the mainstream athlete. Yeah.
5: Hello. We're not, see, we're not all CrossFit athletes. There's some schlubbier athletes here. <laughs> all I can like tell that. you, Dan, is Mac Jones told me it was going to be a Subaru summer this summer. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I just, I looked at that and I said, man, the Noble thing is really in your face. But apparently, McCordy says if they're sponsoring the combine and Mac Jones is their guy, well, then obviously that's a sign. He's the future here in New England. What's your takeaway when McCordy is just so adamant, right? He is a bill guy, as I've painted him, um, and I think accurately so. He is talking up Mac Jones as a leader, as the future of the franchise. So what's your takeaway with that, Megan? My
4: takeaway is this is a united front for Mac for at least the coming season. That whatever is happening this offseason – uh, rumblings about him not being committed enough, or that he's you know got some issues with the coaches. Whether or not Patricia and Judge come back, any rumblings against that? It feels like now you have a very prominent Bill guy, and you have people out of Crafts Camp all saying the same thing, which is we're behind Mac. We don't agree with everything that he did, the way that he behaved all the time last season. We don't agree with him mfing the coaches on the sideline. But Mac is our guy, and he was in a bad position ne- last year. Now he's got Bill O'Brien going forward. He's our guy. I, I hear it as a united front yeah, of them trying to, trying, to, trying to, like, stabilize it.
5: I think that's exactly what it is. And maybe it's because Bill realizes he can't trade Mac Jones. Or maybe it's just McCordy knows, and this is why I think he's a Bill guy and Bill likes him. McCourty's not going to start any fires and create headaches for Bill Belichick. He's not going to go on Good Morning Football and be like, yeah, I'm not really sold on Mac. What if you're stuck with Mac? And I know Bill effectively did that in his press conference at the end of the year. Yeah, wouldn't McCordy saying that be siding more with Bill? Well, it would be, but it would also be creating a headache for Bill and creating problems for Bill. And if Bill creates his own problems, then fine, he created it. I don't think he wants players creating messes for him that he has to clean up. Let's hear more McCourty here on Good Morning Football today. There was a lot of good stuff in there, all of it, basically on Mac Jones. He continued. It's not just the future
3: of the franchise. What What's his ceiling, Devin McCourty? I think it speaks volumes. He's a captain in that locker room and only a second year and really kind of was a captain the year before as a rookie leading those guys. So I'm excited for Mac. I think sky's the limit. I think he's the future of New England. Any doubts, I think you're wrong. If you don't think that, I think he's a future. He's in that building right now doing different things, uh, working with guys, talking to guys. That's what he wants. He wants there was to be talk that quarterback.
5: Yeah, and look, he's he's in the building, which I guess there was some question, too. Like whether, a good neighbor, Mac Jones is there. Whether or not he was in the building, but, like, he's there. And so, good, he should be there in the offseason. I had some questions about this earlier. I saw Bailey Zappi working out in Fox, where I'm like, where the hell's Mac? I know he's working out. I keep seeing the workout videos, but, like, where is he? Good, he should be here. If you're a leader, you should be here. He says the sky's the limit for Mac Jones. So, he's not just towing the party line. He is... You know, really laying it on thick.
4: Yeah, sky's the limit is, I think, a little hyperbolic. Uh, I just isn't it enough to say like he's absolutely the guy going forward? Sky's the limit is like then you start opening up comparisons. That's, a, that's to, a little much, even for you, to the guy who was there before. You know, oh, sky's the limit. Is it? I mean, you can say he's gonna be. You think he could be a great quarterback? Sky's the limit. Bit much. Bit much, Devin.
5: I mean, I think it's a bit much. I thought the whole thing. Was a bit much, but I get it. I mean, McCordy's
1: going to have his teammates back. That's I, also been the party line too. I mean, everybody's been over the top effusive about how great a leader Mac Jones is, even during a bad season. So I don't really, I didn't really hear any of that and think it was any different from okay. what people were saying all year. Well, how
5: about this? He's asked directly about whether or not Mac Jones rubbed people the wrong way last year, and this and is
4: what I think is the most interesting. Mostly,
5: part. mostly we've heard players line up and take his side, McCordy. Mostly did, but left a little room for interpretation.
3: I think some of the rumbling that always come out, we always talk about this, sources say Matt Jones rubbing people the wrong way. Who? Did he rub somebody the wrong way in a meeting? Probably before. Have people left meetings and said, man, Dev's an a-hole today? Yeah, yeah. because... I love about Mac is Mac came into a leadership role as a quarterback and he speaks to what he thinks. He speaks about, hey, man, I don't like this play. I want to do this play. Same thing, you know, when I was in there and when I'm in there and I'm like, I don't like this play because we're the guys out there. And I think what people don't always understand in our locker room, Bill pushes that. Mm. If you don't One like second. something, we're in the captains' meeting every week. If you don't like something, tell us, we'll throw it out. Because what's the point of players going out there and saying, as soon as that call comes in, Mac wears the green dot, I wear it on defense. Who, I hate when a call comes in, I'm like, hey fellas, I know we hate this call, (laughs) but the call is X, Y, and Z. Like, no one wants to be out there with that. So, I think Mac has all the intangibles and the things that you want in a quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's only in his second year, going his third year, third offensive coordinator. Hopefully, you know, Billy O's there for a while, and I think you'll see the true growth. So, I love how he's just like, well, Bill's going to listen to the players when they hate something. Yeah, what don't you
5: like? Uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Not, throw it out. Not the coaching staff. He he made that specific to play calls, but like that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, oh, if the players don't like it, Bill will throw it out. Not true. That didn't happen at all last year, and I'm a little tired of hearing about it, quite frankly. That's when Bill got to play
1: in on time. Well, of course. That, yeah, uh, that's right.
5: That is true, which was uh, very infrequent. But I think that's nonsense from Devin McCourty. But he did leave some room open to interpretation about whether or not Mac is fully loved in that locker room, did he not?
4: Oh, absolutely. He said, yeah, I'm sure that there were cases where he talked to guys or comported himself a certain way in a meeting or the huddle and guys walked away. But, hey, it happens to all of us. Like being in a leadership position, you're going to rub people the wrong way sometimes because they don't agree with you. Going back, though, to what he said about if you don't like the way that the coaches are putting something into the practice plan for the game, that then you can go into the captain's meeting and say, hey, the guys really want you to throw this out. I mean, was Mac doing that behind the scenes? Or was he waiting until it was in the game and it wasn't working? Good question. No, I I really wonder that. If that's part of the reason that then... In games, maybe he starts popping I'm, off and he didn't say something early enough. So then Bill Belichick's going, "What? Are, why are you popping off I'm now? Sure. Because it's not working in the game? If, like, I if guess, you didn't like the game plan, why didn't you say it four days ago? I, I just guess, wonder what's happening doing, there. He's
5: doing both. If I had to guess, he's doing both. If I had to guess, he's And so then it's falling on
4: on deaf ears during the week? Because if he's sitting as a captain and saying this doesn't work in practice, and they're saying saying we're still putting it in the game plan, then that's absolutely on the coaches. I I
5: don't think Mac Jones likes any other plays. I think Mac Jones, when the plays don't work, gets angry and lashes out at other people. So when they don't work in practice, he throws them out. And when they don't work in the game, he bitches about those, even though they're plays that he probably approved of. So I think it's both. I think he's probably complaining about it all the way around, based on how he acted last year. I just find it interesting that McCourty wasn't like, no. What are you talking about? Great leader. Great teammate. We all love him. He said, yeah, well, everybody has their bad days. And I thought that was a sneaky little way of letting you know. Did he rub somebody the wrong way in a meeting? Probably before. Probably. Oh, interesting. And he says meeting. I, I'm talking about more than that. And I, if he wanted to shut it down, he could have shut that down. And he didn't, which I find but interesting. But
4: that would be so phony. If he sat there and was like, no, Max Jones has never irritated anyone in the locker McCourty room. McCourty
5: and Slater are giant phonies. That's why Bill <laughs> likes them. Because they don't say anything. They go up there and they spew the but party lines. But I don't lines. think that's true about uh, Devin. I 100% I do. I
4: don't. I do. think Devin has been critical of the locker room within the locker room in the last two years. Multiple times. Like, he, as a Bill guy, he also has the trust of being oh, an 11-time captain where he can get up there and he can talk crap sometimes. Now, he, to the point more, talks crap about... What's going on in the locker room and not about what's going on with the coaches? Mm-hmm. I mean, he danced around. We didn't play the clip, but he danced around. Look, in year one, Mac Jones had one of, I think, the greatest minds. Josh McDaniels is what he said. And then the next year he had Matty P and Joe Judge, and he kind of danced around that. He's never going to sit there and say he had a offensive coaching unit that was incompetent, and that really did the whole offense dirty. But he will, as a captain, sit there and say, yeah, this locker room is effed right now. They haven't mm. done anything. I mean,
5: I just, I, I feel like there's a, Bill, Bill doesn't want guys again up there in front of the, the, the podium or in front of the, the media at the podium making problems for him. And Devin McCourty largely doesn't. Matthew Slater largely doesn't. And I didn't expect him to answer this much differently. Like, does Bill truly, is he truly a fan of Mac Jones? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm basing it on what Bill had to say, and I'm reading between the lines. If it's over Robert Kraft's dead body to trade Mac Jones, that means Bill might be open to doing it, right? Like that. I, I, I've been reading between those lines for a week plus, so Bill may want to do it. He can't do it. So now you're stuck with this, and the marching orders are Mac's our guy, and McCourty's going to carry that out. And furthermore, I just think the fact he's even engaging on any of this means he's back. I feel like he's back. Don't you? Devin? Yes.
4: I do. I th- I think this is a little week-long... Uh, experiment that he's doing with his brother, but I don't feel like it's going to stick as his up. next career move. What did his shirt say? Go Pats? Yeah.
5: It did say go Pats. I think his shirt said go. Like, he's back. He's going to be back, which I've already said my piece on. I don't, uh,
1: I, I was hoping
5: for more leadership.
1: Currently. I'm not sure that means he's back. There's other guys who broke off and did the media, I'm a Patriots, Bobo in the media thing for a while, Julian Edelman, and now they're still doing it. You know, like, this could this could still be what he wants to do, even though he's being very Patriot centric
5: Edelman was uh done in by injuries. McCordy I know is is rehabbing what, a shoulder injury or whatever it is. Yeah. But uh I don't he's not quite at the same point injury wise as Edelman. To me,
4: it's more about his dedication to the calendar. The last time that he talked, what was it last week? And he was talking about, oh, by this date and that date, and I have we'll this vacation planned and i I'll talk to my family. And it's like, Yeah, you're gonna talk to your family about how much of mini camp I mean or how much of OTAs you're <laughs> gonna go to before minicamp. Like so-
5: We've, we've talked about quite a bit, and, and it would include Devin McCourty, and we'll get your reaction on it. 617-779-7937. Uh, what does it mean for Mac Jones? His longevity in New England, his future in New England. Uh, do you see this as an example of Bill Belichick being aligned with Mac Jones and aligned with Robert Kraft? on the quarterback, or is there more to read between the lines with? Again, 617-779-7937. We've talked about MLB's pitch clock. We've talked about the Celtics and Joe Missoula's handling of the crunch time minutes and the meaningless goal from the Bruins goalie, which I think covered up the big story that their new addition, Dimitri Orloff, may not actually want to be here. So, again, you guys can jump in at 617-779-7937. A few more uh, Patriots' loose ends to tie up, in addition to the McCourty comments. A former Patriot came out and says Robert Kraft is upset with the way things went last year, which, of course, he should be. And furthermore, I think we have a market for Jacoby Myers, and it's richer than we thought. All that right after Trending
0: with Christian Art. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today
4: you are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago,
0: Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app baseball your way download it now for free from the app store or google play blackout and other restrictions apply major league baseball trade parts used with permission
3: well i'm still here living in new england that's why i'm gonna give my give my patriots some some a little bit of advice and they need a receiver for mac jones and i say go get t higgins a big target for mac jones mac's gonna get back on track with billy o'brien get him a receiver to do that t higgins to new england make the deal bill Teddy Bruschi from late
5: last week on what the Patriots need to do this offseason. Adam Jones, Megan Ottolini, Christian Arcan here on WEEI. You can give us a call, 617-779-7937, with all your plans for the Patriots this offseason. What do they need to do? You might need T. Higgins because Jacoby Myers, according to some of the reporting over the weekend, could be on his way out the door based on his market. We'll get to some comments as well from Damian Woody about Robert Kraft, how he feels about the Patriots offseason, uh, or excuse me, how Robert Kraft feels about the Patriots last season and what it means for the Patriots this offseason. Again, it's 617 779 We've also talked about MLB in the pitch clock, which we'll get back to, uh, the Bruins, and specifically Linus Allmart being extra excited about his meaningless empty net goal and the Celtics, how Joe Mazzula has handled some minutes down the stretch of these games. Do you trust him to do it in a big spot? Jay's in Newport on that very topic. Go ahead, Jay.
1: Yeah, so the past couple of weeks, all you've been hearing is criticizing Missoula for not using his timeouts, but at the end of the game um, against Philly, that's what won them the game. First, they had the one timeout to advance the ball, and then Doc Rivers, Yeah, so
5: so Jay, uh, just, just real quick, and I know you have a point about uh, Missoula, but that proves we were right. That, to me, proves we were right. Like, everybody's like, oh, I thought Missoula didn't call timeouts. No, he wasn't. Now he is, and it's working. So doesn't that mean the ones out there no, like me... No, the- the ones who were calling for more timeouts were right, isn't that what that means?
1: No, because the criticizing was because no. he didn't use timeout. I'll explain. He was using ti- he wasn't using timeouts to stop runs, and that's what people were criticizing. That's one thing I criticized players...
5: him for. I also criticized him about not calling timeouts at the end of game to set up
1: plays. Okay, so all right, so half you're yeah, half right then, if that's okay. No, I'm, no, I'm
5: right. He's going to get the second thing right eventually too. I'm right, and I, this annoys me. People are like. Oh, exactly what he said. Oh, I thought Joe Missoula didn't call timeouts to set up plays. No, 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 no. He didn't. Now he is. This is the point. We were right. And I like that he's adapting. Maybe that means he's adaptable with his minutes, Meg. Oh, and we can trust him more on crunch time minutes with Derek White and everything else down the stretch. Maybe he will flip-flop Derek White and Marcus Smart like he should have done on Saturday night and didn't. At least it proves he's adaptable. But everybody calling for timeouts, we were right. It, what was the game? I wish I could remember it. What was the game where at the end of it, Missoula's like, well, I didn't want them to set up their defense and blah, blah, oh. blah, blah, blah. What game was that? And Shoot. it's like, no, Joe, I don't care. You have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and like, it doesn't matter if they set up their defense. He called two timeouts in the was final 10 in seconds. Was it an
4: Orlando game?
5: I don't remember. I honestly, I just remember what, when I it, it was. I thought it was
4: one of the when they were in that stretch of the Florida teams, Orlando, and yeah. the Heat. But it was it's one like, of those two.
5: It's like, Joe, you, you let them set their defense twice in 10 seconds last night. Miami. Or Saturday night. It
1: was
0: Miami. It was Miami. Miami. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay.
5: Like You let them set their defense twice. Oh, yeah, it was Miami because Tyler Hero was on the floor, right? So twice in 10 seconds, you let them set their defense. Did it matter? No. Uh, good players can outmaneuver the defense. Look, ideally, if you have some sort of mismatch in transition and you see it, fine. But this is what we've been calling for. This is what we wanted. So Missoula's adaptable, credit to him. But the criticism was warranted and accurate. It Yeah, was.
4: and it doesn't make you wrong. If Joe Missoula changes his behavior, that just means he changes his behavior just because he's Joe Missoula. It doesn't mean then he's always right for whatever he's doing. That's nonsensical.
5: No, right. Exactly. So I'm happy he's doing that. I would like to see him call more timeouts to stop runs. And, you know, it was the caller's point that he didn't do that a lot in the Philly game. I was back and forth early with the Bruins, so I'm not sure I saw everything, but, you know, the Celtics were down and made some runs. Maybe that's what he's alluding to. I I want more of that from Missoula as well. And he has not been very good at that, in my estimation. Uh, let's go to John and Grafton on the meaningless empty netter. Go ahead, John.
1: <laughs> yeah, how you doing, guys? Yeah, I just want to say it wasn't as meaningless as you thought. I mean, because this year in the NHL, the percentage of when um, people pull the goalie, it's up this year from in years past. And the Bruins have been historically bad at getting the empty net goal. And if you think about it, Omar was the only one looking forward, like, like a catcher in baseball, and they didn't shoot it into the corners; They shot it right at the goalie. So if there it was ever a time that Omar should have pulled the trigger and did that, it was that game. To
5: Arkan's point, Arkan, what if one of the – were there three guys right in Olmark's face? He talked about this after the game. There were three the guys
1: hard charging and right he, at him. And yeah.
5: he said he was asked about it. And he's like, I, I thought maybe, I, I didn't know it was going in. I didn't know it was on track. I thought maybe it was going to hit one of those guys. So Omar was aware there was pressure on him. Yeah, fine. And he was way out of the crease. You, you flung this one through the clown's mouth, like I said, a mini-golf <laughs> earlier. Like, great, it was a lucky shot, good for you. But was the risk worth the reward? Probably not.
4: Yeah, you could have gotten the... <laughs> <laughs>
5: Where it spits it back, <laughs> hap, Happy Gilmore style. don't you now, clown? Right, exactly. So <laughs> like, so like, if if he screws it up there, it's just an all time mistake. And did they need it? When did he score? Nineteen twelve. He scored. So they had to they had to keep Vancouver out of the goal, which they had done all game. They had to do it for another forty eight seconds. I have a feeling they would have done it, which is why I call it a meaningless goal. And I do love that the shiny object of the empty net goal, the the goalie goal. The ninth time it's happened in NHL history. Like, it's a statistical oddity and it's cool. Fine. I don't find it very meaningful. And I think all the discussion about it is covered up that, again, Dmitry Orlov, who you acquired, may not want to be here. So, like, that's what I found more interesting about
4: it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. He's having a good
4: time. Wait, you know, that sounds exactly like. Who? What's his name?
5: I don't know. What are we talking about? Jack Edwards? Jack Edwards. Oh, it does sound like Jack Edwards.
0: <laughs>
5: that is he sounds true. like the clown. He, he sounds as, <laughs> as unhinged as that clown. Like... <laughs> he does. That is true. 617-779-7937. Uh, Arkan, you sent these comments from Damian Woody to uh, Karen Garigian in the Boston Herald about how upset Robert Kraft is about the Patriots offseason. I don't think that's a direct quote. From Robert Kraft, that he is upset, but we all know he's been frustrated with how things have gone down. It he was sh- horrible. He should be frustrated with how things have gone down for the Patriots this past season. And, you know, the application for this upcoming season, I guess we can debate, but here's what he had to say. He said, I know this has been eating Mr. Kraft up, that the Patriots are basically irrelevant. And this goes back to some comments Curran had at uh, the Combine. He says, I know it has to. So go out there and make a couple of splash moves, which ties back in with Teddy Bruschi saying go get T. Higgins. Bring some spice and some relevance back to the Patriots. Make it interesting. I think they made a step in the right direction bringing back Bill O'Brien.
4: Ooh, spicy.
5: That is nothing says spice like a new offensive coordinator. (laughs) Uh, Dial that up on the Spice Channel uh, because that was madness. (laughs) What they were doing last year. Uh, So you can watch it scrambled. Uh, So I'm glad they get a guy who knows what he's doing. They need weapons. They need difference makers on offense. It's not just good enough getting Billy O back. They need actual guys on the field that will make a difference. And the tone of this, Arkan, is that Robert Kraft knows that and he's going to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that this is anything groundbreaking, but it's another ex-player sounding off about how irrelevant the team is right now, which I gotta say. I mean, I don't remember this ever being a thing because it never was a thing in 20 years. like You never really had any reason to to bring something like this up. And I think the more you sort of hear about that from these older players, the more it becomes part of the narrative. Now it's like, well, Damian Woody's saying it. I mean, like, what else do you need? It's not just Patriots haters or whatever. It's former players. And he's right. And I think that uh, in terms of making splash moves. I mean, we talked about this last week. I don't know that they're selling a lot of jerseys over there in Foxborough right now. I'm sure they're probably not. I don't think that you want to go out and sign Carl Crawford and Adrian Gonzalez and hope that, you know, splashy names is going to be everything to turn you back on track, because that doesn't always work either. But there's a real, I mean, there has been for years sort of a talent problem, and uh, I think that there's a a real opening for it. Not to mention the fact all these other teams in the AFC did exactly this to get better and passed you.
5: The line from Tom Curran at the combine, excuse me, uh, Uh, at the Super Bowl, rather, the Combines this week, his line at the Super Bowl was the Patriots would be the 15th paragraph out of a 30-paragraph story, and they might be below the Chicago Bears who have the number one pick, which just, that's got to get your ears burning. Like, there's no buzz around the Patriots. They need to make a splash move because they're irrelevant, says Damian Woody. And there's been a long line of ex-Patriots players who have come out and said, they need to do this, they should do this. And I, I do feel like that's, forecasting what's about to happen do the Patriots need to make a, a a splash move as Damian Woody puts it in the Boston Herald 617-779-7937 there does seem to be a pattern from ex-players coming out and calling for this on behalf of Robert Kraft tying his name into it and it makes it almost seem like it makes it almost seem like a foregone conclusion like now I'm at the point where I expect him to make if not a T Higgins level move as Teddy Bruski said it I expect them to throw around some money and make some splash moves. They, they kind of have to with all these ex-players lining up and calling for it, don't they?
4: So if this is a narrative that's being put out by someone in the Patriots, someone in the craft camp, something like that, because it's all these former Patriots now who are coming out of the woodwork and saying this, what's the lowest threshold like the smallest splash that they can make that it's actually a splash because i hear something like t higgins and he's on the last year That's of his contract splash. with the Bengals. i know i i have said before i just feel like why would the Bengals let him walk this year sure. when they're in the middle of a super bowl window with joe burrow and jamar chase I understand when they eventually have to pay everybody, but he right now is, he's on the last year of his contract. He's making small money right now. It's under $3 million this year. So what would
5: the minimum splash be for you? An offensive lineman? No. Is that splash? Stop.
4: No, we're talking about a splash. We're not talking about like strategic (laughs) moves that actually make sense for the team. A splash would, in my book, be like a DeAndre Hopkins. Like, you get him over here. Okay. You, it has well, you to be like the, a big. You said the minimum. Yeah. Okay. I think so, it has to be a so big Hopkins receiver. Hoskins up. Okay. It has good. to be a receiver. Good. You can't make a splash. We're talking about making a splash, I'm not talking about making a strategic move that makes sense for the team. We're talking about bringing spice back to so, the team. So I agree. It's got to be a receiver. So
5: I agree. Good. So there, there is now pressure on the Patriots to make that move. They better make that move. And if they don't, Kraft's going to be pissed about it, right? I mean, I think that's the way to interpret this. He's upset, he's upset that they're irrelevant you got to make a splash move, and I'm with you. An offensive lineman is not a splash move. Mm -mm. Neither is a defensive player. Like, I'm sorry, unless you're getting— No, not a cornerback. Well, I was going to say, unless you're getting, like, Jalen Ramsey, maybe.
4: Even still, great. Okay, your your defense was good last year. Now your defense is possibly great?
5: I was just going to say, I'm to the point where I almost don't want them to spend a dime on defense. Like, I I want them to spend all their money, invest everything they have on fixing the offense to become relevant and sexy and spicy. Damian Woody— I'm almost to the point where that's what I want. Don't don't spend a dime on defense. Put it all in on offense, and I agree with you. A defensive player, not sexy. A offensive lineman, not sexy. Sexy is the passing game. Sexy is wide receiver, and if we're not trading the quarterback, it can't be the quarterback. It's got to be about the receiver. Let
4: me ask you guys this. If this is coming out of Patriots' camp somewhere— that you need a sexy splash and that sounds like a receiver to me Mm -hmm. does is that setting the groundwork for say bye-bye to the unsexy guy that you want to that you want to resign that fans really love lovable hometown guy bye-bye unsexy guy bring in the sexy spicy guy and you got to prepare everybody for that trade-off
5: 100 percent. so i i think i think i did see sexy sexy spicy on uh, the spice channel what did you call it so i I think i did see that uh, sexy spicy guys through uh spicy guys Sexy, spicy guys. I think Sexy, I, uh, spicy Hard four. <laughs> I, think, I think that was what I watched. Sexy,
4: spicy pass catchers. Through the
5: scrambled channels. I think I, uh, I did see that. But you're, of course, talking about Jacoby Myers, who
4: you want back? I did. I have written about this for EEI. I want him back. But at the right n- price. Not at the prices that I'm seeing over the weekend.
5: Uh, like, I don't really know that I even want him back. Like, of course, on a good <laughs> deal, I guess. Like, a cheap deal, if it doesn't matter, then I guess. But, Say you know, a number. Even at market i'd give him like five million a year which i know he's not gonna take goodness which means walk see you later and here i don't really want him back is my point on a real steal of a deal i guess i'd take him back but in large part no i don't want him back here's what mike reese wrote over the weekend about jacoby myers and his market he said raiders receiver hunter renfro who last june signed for two years 32 million 21 million guaranteed falls into a category of a comp for what jacoby myers could expect renfro's stats through four years 56 catches I'm sorry, 56 games, 244 catches, 2,600 yards, 17 touchdowns are close to what Myers has produced. 60 games, 235 catches, over 2,700 yards, eight touchdowns. But Mike Tannenbaum doubts that deal, which Renfro signed in the final year of his rookie contract, not as an unrestricted free agent, would motivate Myers to sign before exploring his other options. So basically, they're at different points. You know, Myers has more uh, leverage than Renfro did. Uh, Tannenbaum tells Reese, the agents this time of year are usually like, we're going to listen. We're interested, but we're going to see what the market is. They want to be sure they're maximizing any leverage they have, to use that word. They'd certainly wait to get through the combine, February 28th through March 6th. So it's underway right now. Reese then writes, Jaguars receiver Christian Kirk's four years, $72 million deal... <laughs> With $37 million guaranteed, might project his closer range to Myers' eventual payday. Consider Kirk had 236 career catches through four seasons when he signed his deal as an unrestricted free agent last March. One more than Myers has now. You would not pay him that figure?
4: Both of those contracts are too high. To you make.
5: wouldn't give him the Renfro one?
4: The Renfro one, that averages out to, what, 16 a year? Yep. And, yeah. all, and 21 that, guaranteed, which that's, is the more
5: important number, but yeah.
4: I, I think that's too high for Renfro. That's too high for Jacoby.
5: Arcand in or out at those numbers?
1: Um, I'd probably be out, but I get why that's the market. I mean, you look at what the big guys are paying. I just, I'm just i not sure Myers is that good, and I'm not sure that he helps the team enough to be worth that kind of I think investment. he's
4: good, but he's not a splash.
1: You know there's a little NFL breaking news here? No.
4: What's that?
1: The Commanders have released Carson Wentz. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't care. I guess.
5: Like, I don't. Mero I don't cares. I don't care about that news. You're excited about that. Tiny dance. Mako's doing the wop over. There? Did, I mean, <laughs> the,
4: the what the what? It's a dance. The it's, I don't think it is a dance. It's a
5: dance. <laughs> oh, you it said is.
4: the wobble. I thought you said the wop. I, I did. was like,
5: the wop is a dance. It, it is, is. It's a dance. It is a dance. Yeah. yeah. Like this? i don't i don't think so no. that's not it also
2: known as the flintstone <laughs> but I,
5: I guess i i don't i thought they were moving on to sam howell and and probably drafting a quarterback so i didn't realize uh, carson wentz was still in play there but i'm happy you're you're happy about it mego um no i'm not paying jacoby myers that of course i'm not paying jacoby myers that and i'd let him walk and here's the real takeaway if that's the market he's not back if, Patri- oh, hell no. if Patriots fans thought, well, Jacoby Myers will be back and maybe he will make another splash move on top of that, or at least Jacoby Myers in their back pocket, the receiver position might look worse. It might look worse if they don't make a splash at receiver. So that's my takeaway. You don't, you don't have Jacoby Myers in your back pocket. So you better be aggressive at receiver. Cause if you're not, you're going to lose out on maybe multiple spots. And then what do you have? Out.
4: Devontae Bourne,
5: Tyquan Thornton,
4: Tyquan Thornton.
5: I don't feel great about that. I don't, I don't know how you no, no,
4: that that that's bad. I mean, I think that you should go out and get a splash, and I, this is too high for Jacoby, but that receiver room sounds pretty scary.
5: 617-779-7937. Uh, Ryan, if you could, could you pot up Tony in Bridgewater for me? Uh, Tony, go ahead on the Patriots in their off season.
0: Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing well.
1: Everyone's talking about,
0: talking about receivers on and on. If, if, if the Patriots want to make a splash and really
1: improve, you know, and I don't know why no one's bringing this up, but Baker Mayfield is out there. This poor okay. guy has had seven head coaches in five Tony, years. Tony, real quick. what what
5: do you, It says here you want to get rid of this Mac. His eighth then. You want to get rid of Mac and get Baker Mayfield? Correct. Okay, so that to me is, I, I'm all for getting rid of Mac.
3: Wait until and, he finds out Carson Wentz is on the market.
5: And upgrading at quarterback. I'm not getting rid of Mac just to get rid of him. I'm trying to upgrade a quarterback. So I would bring in Baker Mayfield as competition for Mac. That would interest me to replace Mac and get rid of him and be put all your eggs in the Baker Mayfield basket?
2: competition for Bailey Zappi? Yeah.
5: Like no, no thanks. Like if you want to bring in Baker Mayfield, he's a veteran <laughs> Zappi's young and now guys are pushing Mac Jones. Fine. I'd allow for that. You can't get rid of Mac Jones and replace him with Baker Mayfield. You gotta you gotta get rid of Mac and trade up to number one because the Bears have made the number one pick available. That's what you'd gotta do. Or you gotta go out there and oh, I don't know, sign one of these free agent quarterbacks like Derek Carr, or trade for Aaron Rodgers like we've discussed, or sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet. Like that's what you gotta do. Not Baker Mayfield.
4: No, you would be fast forwarding to Mac's dark future <laughs> if you trade for Baker Mayfield. You'd be trading for failed Mac.
5: Yeah, well, that's true. You would be trading for uh failed Mac. That's true. You, already, you like know you what Like you would Baker be Mayfield training is.
4: for the worst outcome of Mac's career. <laughs> the this worst was,
5: timeline. <laughs> this was kind of my fear about Garoppolo, and we talked about Garoppolo the other day. Like, I don't want, I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo because I know what he is. And at least Mac has some upside. And you, I, I'm very clear on Mac Jones and my stance. But at least there's some upside with Mac, unlike Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. Same thing with Baker Mayfield. Like, I, there's no upside there anymore. So I'm done with that. But Bill liked him. I mean, Bill was on the Baker Mayfield train. If he could bring him in as veteran competition, I think that's now. Realistic. What if you have?
4: What if you have Baker Mayfield, and then you have Tyquan Thornton, uh-huh. Devontae Parker, and Kendrick Bourne? Who says no to that offense?
5: I'm not feeling so. You <laughs> might as well have kept Patricia and Judge calling plays. 617-779-7937. All your Patriots off-season thoughts, and we got three burning questions in our triple play next.
0: It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. With Jones and Mego. Triples, Triples is
1: best. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples is best indeed. It's a buy or sell Monday today for the triple play. Where we give you uh, three questions or three buy or sells. You tell me if you buy or sell these three statements. All right. We'll start with number one.
0: Number one.
1: It involves Linus Allmark. Buy or sell. Linus Allmark will be remembered one day as an all-time great Bruins goaltender. Jones. <laughs> Now I, this was asked before the show, and I believe
5: it was both Ryan and Mego. But certainly Mego burst out laughing when this was suggested earlier. I don't think it's a crazy suggestion. Dot dot dot. If the Bruins win, like if the right. Bruins win a cup, he is the Vesna winner. We think sitting here today at the end of February, and I acknowledge he's probably the likely Vesna winner. Um, a lot can change in a month, but he's probably the likely Vesna winner. And if they raise a cup on top of that, like yeah. He can go down as greater than Tuka Rast. never won anything. Also leads the franchise in goalie goals. Yeah, good point. He's, he's scored a goal. So add that as the cherry on top of the Sunday. So, like, I don't think it's crazy to start discussing. That just means the Bruins have to follow through and win the Cup. And as I've said consistently, I would take the field in the NHL over the Bruins. I, I, I said this in a commercial earlier, uh, just talking about some of the odds for BetMGM. The Bruins are one of, I mean, they're the favorite to win the Cup. Right, they're the favorite to win the whole thing, but six out of the top seven in the NHL are in the Eastern Conference in terms of future odds to win the Cup, and like all those other teams have made big moves. You know, the Lightning just made a big trade. Maybe they overpaid, but the Lightning just made a big trade. The Leafs acquired uh, Ryan O'Reilly last week. The Rangers already have Tarasenko. And on top of that, they might get Patrick Kane. Seems to be where where things are pointing now. And if the Rangers don't get Kane, I think Toronto's in on Patrick Kane. The Lightning, as I just said, have already improved. You know, if you want to add the Islanders, they got Bo Horvat. Like, moves are happening. Other teams are improving. The East is deep. The East is talented. So if the Bruins win a cup and he wins a Vesna and a cup in the same year, sure, he could go down as one of their greatest goaltenders ever. It's not the greatest franchise for goaltending history. I just don't think they're going to win, which is going to put him in Rask territory, which, meh.
4: I agree. I, I agree with you. I'm buying it. Uh, I was laughing because I'm thinking about the clip that already went viral. Oh, you well on that, NBC Sports Boston It would not be great for me. About trading <laughs> Linus Olmark. And That's then he true. goes down because they win the cup with him. He goes and he wins the Vezna. Then he goes down as one of the greats. And that clip just lives forever that's what I was laughing at.
5: Well, that's that's all well and good. I've already said, I mean, if Allmark wins the Cup, he is greater than Tuca Rass. That'll be hilarious if he wins the Cup, so I never have to hear from the Tuca Rass people ever again, which is something I said a few weeks ago. By the way, uh, the other trade I neglected to mention, New Jersey, last night or Saturday, I traded for Timo Meyer as well. So, uh, the right. teams in the East around you are improving, and the guy the Bruins got, Sneaky, doesn't want to be here.
1: So, that that's not great, but if he wins, sure, he'll be in that group. I just don't think they're going to win. The group's not that hard to get into, I sort of feel like. No, nope. you know? it's Tim Thomas, it's Cheevers, it's uh, Tiny. Time- Thompson who no one ever saw right. he played in like the 20s right. and then what like Andy Moog and you know like a couple other guys it's basically it yeah you don't you don't have far to go to get there um all right let's go to Phil uh buy or sell number two number two all right buy or sell that the major league baseball rule changes will attract new fans this year mego uh,
4: I'm selling this it's been such a long and gradual slide for the MLB in terms of where they rank among the four pro sports at least here locally in Boston and so it's not just going to be, OK, bigger bases and pitch clock that this is going to flip it in one year. And all of a sudden, the casual sports fan is going to be engaged in MLB again during the regular season. I think they're going to there's, as I said before, there's going to have to be more drastic changes about the way that you market players and the way that I don't know, the TV licensing works and just making it more integrated into everyday life. As ridiculous as that sounds, part of it is also where it is in the calendar year. If you're going to sit in and watch a game or if you're going to do any other number of things, at least here locally, in the three months where the weather's actually nice. Like, I I, I don't know. There's always going to be that side going against baseball, just the time of year it is. But a, a bigger basis, Pitch Clock, is not going to all of a sudden bring all these fans back in one year.
5: I don't, I don't think fans are ever really coming to the sport new fans. I, I think that ship has sailed. And I think baseball is dying a slow death. The question is, how much can you slow it down? How much can you prolong the inevitable? And I don't know that baseball is going to attract new fans, but hopefully this keeps the fans you have. And Arkham made an interesting point earlier today, and we can, we can reinvestigate uh, when we talk about this in the, the 4 o'clock hour, the top of the next hour. Maybe you're going to alienate your, your hardcore fans, your, your, your more traditional fans, I think most people who watch baseball night in and night out don't want a three-hour game. They don't want a -a three-and-a-half-hour game. They'd like it to move. They want action. So I think this will help them keep the fans they have. But add new fans?
3: Joe Pepitone got Mickey Mantle high, and that was a big experience for him.
5: I think it'll keep fans like that. I think it'll keep them. Well, they're
4: not going anywhere. Well. Except I, the local home. I
5: think they are starting to go somewhere. I think you are losing those fans. So To I don't the know, upper room. <laughs> maybe. I don't know that you're losing or adding new fans, though. I don't know that right. some pitch clock and bigger bases, to Megos point, is going to bring in a bunch of new fans. So I disagree with that. But I think it'll help them hold on to what is still a pretty formidable following. You know, Major League Baseball is still big business. There's still big television deals.
1: And they need to keep as many fans as they can. In the meantime, I think this will help with that. All right, let's do uh, buy or sell number three.
5: Number three.
1: Buy or sell trading for the Bears' number one overall pick, which they are reportedly shopping. Jones. Oh, I mean, I,
5: I would do it. I buy that they should do it. I like all these quarterbacks. I don't love the kid at Kentucky, Will Levis. You've heard me. Like, I haven't done a ton of draft talk on this show, but I like Anthony Richardson a lot at Florida. I, I thought there's a chance he'd be sitting there at 14, and that's an interesting question for me. If the Patriots wanted a quarterback at 14 and jumping back into the draft, doesn't sound like he's going to get that far anymore. He might go number one, depending on where you're looking. He could go much higher than I ever thought. I like these quarterbacks. I love Stroud. I like Bryce Young a little less than Stroud. I'd take Stroud one. If the Patriots wanted to move up and go get a quarterback and really get themselves a franchise QB... How often is the number one pick available? They should go do it. I buy that they should. They of course won't. Phil Perry just put out a mock, and he's got the Patriots trading back. So of course they're going to trade back. They're never. They're never going to trade to one. But should they? Hell yeah, I buy that they should. Yeah,
4: I sell because they're still sticking with Mac for next year. And if you're not going to go for a quarterback, then why go up to the number one pick? I don't. Well, know. I don't, and I don't think they should because. By the way, while Bill Belichick is still there, like, why would you give him another? If you're Robert Kraft, why would you give him another chance to go for a number one pick to get a quarterback overall and then develop a young quarterback again? When you saw what he did in the second year,
5: what if what if Bill thinks you know Will Anderson is the next Lawrence Taylor or something like that? Or what if he really likes <laughs> Jalen Carter? Like, I, I would go for the quarterback. I'm I'd be okay you.
1: with him doing that. With him not even drafting a quarterback and using the first overall in a player like that, you I need would, to get younger
5: and better. I would rather. I I know I said earlier in the show. It's not even worth investing your resources, but I would rather move up to number one and take a, an edge player like Anderson or, you know, a defensive lineman like Carr. I'd rather have them do that than trade back. I mean, I, I would rather Is that.
4: that sexy, spicy, splash? No,
5: I don't think do so. That? I mean, moving up is, to number one is, is taking, sexy and spicy yeah. and interesting. Is but it then a
4: sexy, spicy, splash?
5: Not taking a quarterback, I think, for all the the, the sexy spiciness you'd get in the meantime. I think it would all go away when you take a defensive lineman like the Jaguars did last year. Like, who cares?
4: You don't think fans get excited? Okay, let's see the number one overall draft pick in camp.
5: Quarterback is sexy. Defensive (laughs) lineman, not so much. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea of trading up to one would be the splash. But then if you if you took a defensive lineman or a pass rusher, I think that would the it would deflate pretty quickly. I think it would fizzle Not out pretty quickly. Not a big quickly. splash zone. No. No, 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 no. It would uh, you would the splash would go right back in the pool.
4: Everyone's dry.
5: Yes. <laughs> 617-779-7937. That is our triple play each and every day at this time 3:45 here on WEI. It's Jones and Mego with Arcan. We'll get back to your feedback and back to MLB's pitch clock. Are you a fan of it? And was there some gamesmanship going on from the Red Sox? We'll get to all that next.